You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. YouTube, it's Pastor Dwayne here. So today we are going to be taking eschatology and we are going to be taking textual criticism and melding them together. And in order to do that, we are going to be talking to Dr. Alan Kirshner today. That's our special guest for this episode. So Dr. Kirshner, could you go ahead and say hello to the audience? Hello, everyone. And Dwayne, thank you for having me on your program. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. So you are known for um, the the pre-wrath position. Uh, so for the sake of my audience, if you are one of those like traditional reform people, maybe you're post mill or a mill or whatever it is, this might be good for educational purposes, but you might take some issue with some of the stuff because we're going to be coming from a premillennial futurist perspective on the book of Revelation and the discussion of eschatology. So Dr. Kirshner, I was reading in the second Thessalonians chapter two, verse two, and I came across this textual variant. Um, so let me let me just read it here uh, so we know what we're talking about. It's, uh, now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be so soon shaken in mind or trouble, either by spirit or by word or letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Now in the New King James Version, the King James Version, any Textus Receptus-based translation, that says day of Christ. But in the critical text, all, most of our modern Bible translations, it says day of the Lord. Textually speaking, is this something that would cause someone to switch their eschatological views? Like, does this make a difference as far as pre-wrath or pre-trib? Or I don't think it does. I know that some pre-tribulationists do. The term uh, day of Christ, day of Lord... Well, first of all, the, the textual information shows that the early manuscripts and the wide diversity of manuscripts support the day of the Lord and not the day of Christ. In fact, the earliest manuscripts that support the day of Christ begin in the ninth century, whereas the earliest manuscripts uh, support the day of the Lord here and not Christ. Not just the amount of ma uh, manuscripts, again, the earliest manuscripts in the wide geographical distribution of manuscripts as well. What really happened here was that scribes they, they recognize that Christ is the Lord. And so you, you have this, not just here, you have this in many places in the New Testament where uh, eventually uh, manuscripts would begin to add Christ to Lord, like, uh, you know, the, and not necessarily the day of the Lord, but other expressions as well. They would add the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord Christ, or, or just replace Lord with Christ, which happened here in some of the later manuscripts. Uh, because they recognized that messianically that the Lord and uh, they identified the Lord as Christ. That's most likely what happened here with some scribes being more specific with identifying the Lord with Christ. In taking a look at some of the evidences and, and stuff that's out there, um, I, I just did some, some pre-work on here, right? And what we have is the phrase, the day of the Lord, they're in, you know, the, the big unseals, Aleph, B, um, Alexandrinus, I can never pronounce this one, Claromontanus. Uh, or Codex D, and then the Day of Christ. That's actually in, in a in a fair amount of manuscripts. In fact, I, I think the the breakup between the two was fifteen percent went the Day of the Lord, and then the other eighty five percent is the Day of Christ. So in this instance, what we have really is a majority reading versus an older reading. Now, I guess right. I guess to 
depending on where your textual basis is going to be, is going to determine where you go with this one. Where are you as far as the discussion goes? Are, are you a critical text guy that looks more toward like the older, fewer manuscripts? Maybe you're a majority guy or are you somewhere in between? Like where would you classify yourself? Uh, I think more critical text. However, I would, uh, I mean, there's always exceptions. I mean, you know, in past generations, there might've been too much dependency on uh, just blindly accepting a manuscript because it was the earliest manuscript. Again, we there's a number of variants. You just have to take it case by case and not necessarily blindly accept certain principles because there are exceptions. I guess that would be critical text, but more, again, with the sense of taking textual variants uh, case by case because, again, you do have uh, exceptions. But this this variant here would not be one of those exceptions, right? Like it, it's essentially, in your view, essentially it would be based on the age of the manuscripts and then the geographic distribution of where the manuscripts are that would help you to determine that the reading here should be the day of the Lord. Yeah, as far as external evidence, I think the external evidence here is quite clear. Well, for two reasons, I think why this is this should be rendered as, as the day of the Lord is for the external evidence. The external evidence is really overwhelming. And then the, um, the internal evidence, it's a clear pattern in New Testament topping methods and habits. Uh, where scribes would take Lord and change it to Christ, or at least just add Christ. So I think both the external and the internal would be the overwhelming evidence to support this earlier reading. Now, earlier I asked you, like right at the start, uh, it doesn't make much of a difference, at least for a pre-wrath perspective, right? Does it make a difference for like a pre-tribulation position or maybe one of the other uh, other eschatological, eschatological positions? <laughs> for many pre-tribulationists, it doesn't, but there are some pre-tribulationists, they would think it's a there is a significance because they would make the distinction between the day of Christ and the day of the Lord, uh, where the day of Christ, this is specifically talking about the rapture and the day of the Lord is specifically specifically talking about God's wrath, but that's where the confusion comes in to play is because some of these traditional pre-tribs also believe that the day of Christ occurs on the same day as the day of the Lord begins. Now, there may be there may be some pre-tribulations who will po postulate a gap between the day of Christ, like the rapture, hmm. and the day of the Lord, but again, I, I think that's problematic. That's a whole another issue. But the, the again, the day of the Lord and the day of Christ, in fact, I, I note this in my book, if I could just make a few points here. As I mentioned earlier, I said, uh, the, the Lord is Christ. Uh, we know that. And the Apostle Paul uses Lord for Christ innumerable times. And so interpreting Old Testament prophecies concerning right. the day of the Lord to be about Christ, it's it's no exception. Uh, this is on page 125 of my book, uh, Pre-Trib. And I know many examples in which pre-tribulationists accept certain phrases as the day of the Lord Christ or the day of Christ the Lord. There are, for example, in Corinthians. Uh, and yet, if they want to be consistent, then you'd have to have a, it's a separate period, right? If you have an expression, the day of the Lord's Christ or the day of the Lord Christ or Christ Jesus even, you can yeah. find that. Is that a third period of time? No, it just it just means that this this is these are co-referential expressions. Even if it was Christ, even if that was the reading, again, that's it, it shouldn't make any difference because because we understand that it is the Lord, it is Christ who would deliver His church and pour out His wrath. Right. So whether it's Day of the Lord or Day of Christ or the Day of Lord Jesus Christ or the Day of uh, Insert uh, Synonym for Jesus. 
uh, it would be essentially pointing to the final period of Daniel 70th week. Yeah, and, and as exactly toward the uh, sometime during the second half of the 70th week of Daniel, when those days of great tribulation are cut short, it's going to be cut short with the Lord's coming, uh, delivering his people, and then pouring out his day of the Lord's wrath. Right. So, so then basically on the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, this variant for um, pre-wrath really makes no difference as far as the, the, the teaching of pre-wrath goes. Uh, there's nothing hangs on this passage. It doesn't change the way you view any other part of your es eschatological system. <laughs> You're correct. It doesn't make a difference. In fact, it's kind of interesting that some pre-tribulationists -pre will insist that the day of Christ is only talking about the rapture here. Again, it, whether or not it does, the whole point, the very next statement then says, if you're going to make that the rapture, you know, apart from God's wrath, well, it, it's more incriminating for pre-tribulationists because the very next statement, Paul says, two events then have to happen before the day of Christ. Right, well, you can't right. have that in the pre-tribulational system because then that undermines imminence. So that's problematic. If you're going to make that the the rapture, then what are they what are they going to do with the two events that Paul says happens before the day of Christ? Right, because initially that was my thinking when I when I went through this uh, when I went through some of this stuff here was that the day of Christ. Um, just you know, I'm a Byzantine guy. That it's it's the day of Christ in in my understanding. I thought, well, okay, this must be referencing the rapture. And then because I I tend to move favor a pre-wrath position, I did not see it at all as an issue that um, the Antichrist must come first. Um, so uh, that's that's interesting. So that it depending for me anyway, that would change uh, the the doctrine there, but not but not exceptionally so. It just means that I would see the day of Christ uh, not separate from the day of the Lord. Uh, but then, there, but then there's a sense because I was reading, I was reading your book here. By the way, I'm going to plug your book here, pre-trib, examining the foundations of pre-tribulation <laughs> pre rapture theology by Alan Kirshner. This guy right here. Um, I'll leave a link in the description below where you can go and purchase that. It, it answers two presuppositions in pre-tribulational thought. One is how how the church relates to Israel, and then the other one how the rapture relates to the second coming of Christ or the parousia. Yeah. So in, in reading that book, what I kind of saw you did with that is you took the, the rapture, and if I see that as the day of Christ, you, you took that, and you kind of melded it together with the second coming, the parousia. Um, so as opposed to seeing it as two distinct events, you see the, the second coming as including the rapture. The rapture yeah, becomes a part event. of the second coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that would make, so, so it's almost like I'm taking a different route to get there, <laughs> but I end up there, uh, which is kind of interesting. So in one hand, it affects how you get there, but in the other hand, it doesn't affect where you land. I think for, for the most part, textual variants tend to do that. Uh, I'm not going to say there aren't any that don't go the other way. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but for the most part, they end up leading you to the same place, oftentimes through a different, uh, a different avenue. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.